and welcome to Recruitment in the Modern World. I'm Sharon Beckley and in today's episode we're focusing on a case study of how to improve the recruitment process through reflective practice and action learning. Today's case study is particularly special as we are speaking with the experts at FJ Wilson Talent Services and asking them how they recruit and how the process has changed. I'm joined today by Fiona and Anthony. Hi, Fiona. Hi, Anthony. Hi, Sharon. Hello, Sharon. As Managing Director and as Communications Director, I'll probably start with you, Fiona. So first things first, what kind of role do you recruit for for FJ Wilson? Well, the typical roles are um, administrator, researcher, recruitment consultant, and resourcing partner slash account manager. Those are those are the main roles. Okay. And how did you used to do sort of recruitment for them? And- yeah, sort of originally it was pretty traditional, obviously going through the process of uh, ensuring that the job description was created or f- reviewed and then producing a corresponding advert. And in the advert, we'd require job applicants to supply two things, a CV and a tailored letter or referred to as a covering letter, and then moving on to first and second interview. Okay. And how did that go? Yeah, not as well as wished for, actually. (laughs) I think in summary. Oh dear. What were the problems? (laughs) Well, I think first, there were not always as many job applicants as we'd hoped for. And the main challenge was that the majority of the job applicants would ignore the request for a covering letter and only send their CV. And for those who actually Mm. sent in a cover letter, it was really minimal. So although we'd asked them to respond to the key role attributes in, in the advertisement, they'd still write, I wish to apply for this role. Please find my CV attached. Yeah. Um, so those who actually provided, as requested, a CV and a tailored covering letter were in the absolute minority. So in some campaigns, um, only a small handful, under five out of over 200 applicants. And what did you do about it? Well, the first week was we tried just asking for a CV. Hmm. And what difference did that make? (laughs) Well, probably unsurprisingly, then it resulted in just far bigger numbers. So sometimes in uh, particularly for administrator role, it would go on into sort of 600 plus for other roles over 400. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. And, And what about the cover letter? Well, that was the second week, you know, and it was quite a major one. So for each... CV we received, rather than requesting a letter tailored to the role attributes, we sent out to all of those applicants who just sent in their CV an application form in Word to uh, fill in and complete. What was on this form? It's super simple in terms of design. So essentially, it's a handful of questions, just one question per attribute. We only have four or five attributes clearly outlined in a job description for any role in the business. And each question on this simple form was followed by a box or is followed by a box in which the applicant um, can write their response. And also we provide just some rough guidance, very simple in terms of number of words, etc. Okay. And how did that work out? Oh, it's absolutely brilliant. Like a vast, (laughs) vast improvement from the first time that we did it. So... Mm -hmm. Not really in terms of the initial numbers. It was fundamentally in the number of applicants we then receive adequate information from. 
So the candidate then went through a considered process in really explaining to us how they fulfilled the attribute requirements from their sort of employment or voluntary Mm. or uni or school experience. Wow. You can really see how sort of we call them tweaks, Mm. but make such a Mm. enormous shift and change in terms of the quality that are headed your way and so now Anthony um, thinking about some of the other tweaks what was the next tweak you put in place? I think the next tweak concerns the conduct of the interview itself where rather than sit and hope (laughs) that candidates are going to go into the kind of level of detail we want we actually explicitly encourage them to so um, at the start of the first question one of us typically says something like this we often find that candidates handicap themselves by not going into enough detail and we think perhaps it's because they're worried about boringness so can we say to you please don't worry about that we're we're now giving you permission to bore us if you like it's fine we just want the detail and what we find is we we have to say that twice Mm. so we say it at the start of the first question and then a few minutes in we say all the way through again wow that almost that's what that almost feels profound and i and i don't know but you're going to tell us what the effect is but i'm presuming it would have been successful yeah, it's actually massively successful. I think to the extent that if if someone asked me for a tip, mm. a practical tip on how to conduct interviews, I, I think this would probably be the one, actually. Mm. Um, it makes an absolute huge difference to the quality of the answers. Yeah, because it's, it's always, you know, oh, I don't want to come across as, 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 I'm t- as if I'm talking too much, but that's where the detail yes. is, right? Yeah. Yes. Excellent. Any other tweaks in the interview itself? Yeah, towards the end of our questions, what we do is review. We're both making notes as we go along. Mm. We we have a quick look through the answers. And if we think the candidate hasn't performed very well on, on one of the um, attributes because they just haven't given us much to go on, they haven't given us much material, mm. we'll actually say that to them. So we'll say, before we go on, could we just revisit, you know, question three? I find I haven't actually, you know, noted as much... Um, relevant content as I have with the others so here's the question again could you help us out a bit here is there anything further you'd like to tell us and I can imagine what that does um, even from an interviewee perspective because you feel that the interviewers are on your side Mm. um, Mm. and and, and it's it's a discussion Mm. to sort of Mm. you know um, but that was successful as well yeah not not as dramatically mm-hmm. as dramatic as the previous tweak but definitely discernible difference it just generally helps fill in gaps okay. so that was in the interview sort of process what was the next tweak i think one other tweak in the interview itself mm-hmm. so we've always allowed time for candidate questions let's say sort of 10 minutes at the end but what we've done now is try to get to that stage earlier in the interview so they have more time so it might be something like 20 minutes mm-hmm. for candidate questions what is the impact of extending the time? Was that done? Uh, you, it's again, it's a successful tweak. Mm. So you often get a much stronger sense of the person here. Okay. I think it often leads to a different kind of discussion where it's less hierarchical. It's more like an exchange of ideas and exchange of opinions. And um, what we find is when the two of us are discussing, you know, reviewing an interview afterwards to assess a candidate, it's surprising how often we refer to points that have arisen in the last 20 minutes. So it's a very valuable thing to do. I think the other point, as you're sort of Anthony sharing Mm -hmm. that, I really like that word about 
the hierarchy changes. Mm. That's a really big thing in interviews. When a candidate Mm. is going into an interview, it doesn't necessarily feel parent-child, but it's of that esque. Mm. And the levelling up in the interview uh, is an incredibly difficult thing to do. So you actually do find the adult and it feels adult, adult. So this Mm. comes through two main areas. One is the permission to go into the detail uh, mm-hmm. and really encouraging that, and as Anthony said, sometimes a couple of times, to get that relaxation and, of course, for us to get that insight and for the candidate too as well. But in the question section, it often lends itself to really getting that balance between the hierarchy. I think that's a great a great point. Really? Yeah, and I think it's also um, ties up with the fact that we make it pretty open, like we, we, we tell them what the structure of the interview is going to yes. be. There's no mystery about yes. it. Because I think, I mean, let's be frank, I do think some interviewers are on a power mm-hmm. trip. And it's like, you know, I've, it's like a worm on a hook. I've got you for the next hour and you have to follow my yes. script. Yeah. So. Definitely. And um, Fiona, just coming back to you, because I believe that there is one final tweak that you implemented. Yeah, it's quite a big topic, so not really Mm -hmm. probably one to go into any detail, but we don't just rely on an interview. The other thing that we have done now is supplement the interview structure with a practical exercise slash case Mm -hmm. study, which simulates a, you know, typical role related scenario. Okay, yep. Certainly a big topic. And I'm sure we'll definitely and probably best place to visit it in a further episode. But in the meantime, if we could sort of capture what those main learning points have been Mm. if i had to pick one it would be about empathy it's seeing the process through the candidate's eyes and really making it easy for them to provide the information that we need be that at the application stage be that in the interview and it's really recognizing that ongoing struggle that the marketplace has with the composition in particular of a covering letter or in an interview setting the um, ability to go into a level of detail that really enables a future employer to make an assessment of whether those competencies are actually present to make an appointment. I I, I totally agree with that and I, I would add one other point which is um, avoid default options in mm. other words don't just yep. stick to the same old so if someone um, has genuinely optimized the process well fine carry on doing it the same way but actually let's be honest most of us haven't optimized it we might have something that's good enough perhaps and so I'd really encourage people to say make some interventions you know redesign the process see what effect that yes. has that notion of continuous improvement isn't it absolutely in today's world um well thank you very much from the sort of attraction of of um recruiting new talent from the very beginning of the stage to what you've tweaked within the interview process or actually interviews to Mm. the end and what that shifting that dynamic particularly around the psychological aspect of the hierarchical element of Mm. what interviews Mm. tend to be this has been brilliant thank you both very much thank you Shara thank you Shara but just before we go finally FJ Wilson Talent Services what what's your offer for clients so we work for organizations for professionals so those are typically membership organizations awarding bodies and learning providers 
We work with them on on a range of mid-level to senior level roles, often specialist, of course, too. And we provide a a range of services. So recruitment, but also and increasingly also talent development, for example, one-to-one executive coaching, presentation training, and also consultancy. And how can people contact you to find out more? So, yeah, it's just a very simple uh, website name. So... Uh, www.fjwilson.com which clearly also lists our phone number so yeah we very much encourage people to pick up the phone thank you this episode was produced by bart hallmark the music courtesy of mr harry chalmers